You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. As we just recently reported on the Science and Technology News on Beyond Infinity, Facebook's share price took a bit of a hammering recently. This is attributed to some concerns that investors and regulators have got with the company, in particular its involvement with a company called Cambridge Analytica. And Cambridge Analytica is it's a data mining company. It's a company that specialises in what's called psychographic modelling. One of the things that they took heavy advantage of in providing electoral information to the Trump campaign was Facebook-derived data. Mm -hmm. And it was data that was taken from Facebook, kind of not not hacked, not stolen, but definitely in breach of Facebook's guidelines Mm -hmm. about how any data is supposed to be used. I believe that it involved millions of Facebook users in America. I think it was at least 50 million. Yeah, yeah, and only a very, very small percentage of them, you know, less than 5%, gave permission for their data to be used. And that was probably through omission. They hadn't, didn't uncheck a box or whatever, which yeah. meant that, you know, the data could go anywhere. The rhetoric around this has been just ramping up and ramping up in recent times. And, and it's interesting to see the way that the, the, the company Facebook has actually changed its tune in response to this. The company posted a statement expressing alarm and promising to take action. Now, according to Paul Gruel, who's a vice president and deputy general counsel at the social network, he said this was a scam and a fraud. He added that the company was suspending Cambridge Analytica, Mr. Wiley, and the researcher Alexander Kogan, a Russian-American academic from Facebook. He went on to say, we will take whatever steps required to see that the data in question is deleted once and for all and take action against all offending parties. It's according to Mr. Gruel of Facebook. Now, Where this is interesting is that they had earlier said that they believed they'd been told, I think a couple of years ago, because they became aware of this a while ago. Mm -hmm. They didn't admit to it until more recently. But they claimed that a while ago they'd been assured by Cambridge Analytica that this information had been deleted and that it had been certified as deleted. I don't exactly know how you can certify that data has been deleted you mentioned off air that you know it could be something like blockchain where you you remove a key or you know you, you do it in a way that that stops the the uh, the party that has the data from being able to access it but whether that actually happened in this case i'm not sure it was more like it sounds like facebook basically just took the word yeah. of cambridge analytica yeah. please delete that you're not supposed to have it okay we've deleted it and that was the end of that and, yeah. and somehow we've certified that we deleted it but how do you show evidence when there can be backups and then there you know external copies or Yes, you know information stored anywhere else. Look, this it's a there's a wider story to this. There's suggestions that Brexit, the campaign that uh, caused the UK to leave the European Union, it was also influenced in the same way by, by companies yep. like Cambridge Analytica that had political motives or the people funding them. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's a guy called Robert Mercer. He's a big Trump supporter, mm-hmm. one of the biggest backers of the Trump campaign of 2016. He is uh, you know pretty well known for fairly right wing thinking yep. and right wing outlook he for his own reasons decided that it was worth supporting the Brexit campaign which was leave.eu that was the website slogan that went behind 
Brexit. And then also he was a big supporter of Trump. Now, it's been suggested, and we've actually said on this program previously when we've talked about this same story, that Mercer may have had a big tax dispute to the tune of billions of dollars with Mm -hmm. the IRS, Mm -hmm. and that might be beneficial to have his man in the White House as a way of of reducing his exposure to that tax bill. That's a suggestion. I'm not sure whether that's true or not. Nevertheless, this issue of using psychographic modeling is a pretty big thing. Facebook has data on hundreds of millions of Americans. A lot of this data was used without their permission to gather political data. As I mentioned, the Brexit campaign is also suspect. Cambridge Analytica has been suspended from using Facebook now. And and now, courtesy of the New York Times, in a recent article, details of how the information was harvested has been revealed. And the way that it worked was it actually measured. So this Cambridge Analytica, the way that it was able to sort of understand so much about the uh, the person or people was actually measuring the amount of times that you might say read a social media status or if you're influenced by certain people it would actually use machine learning and understand what's happening in those instances so it might it might look at it and go all right well you know you've looked at this kind of article and therefore we can sort of if we show you another four or five like this then we might end up swaying your opinion so this it was very um, you know, manipulative in the, the process that it used. So yep. I know that just based on that, Facebook have been given assurances that it had been deleted and that obviously not occurring. And also probably almost a complicit kind of nature between Facebook and this, yeah, I know. this I know. scenario. It's leading to some uh, in some lawmakers, particularly mm. in Congress, mm. now looking at and asking the question, You've lasted so long without regulation, to to a degree. Mm. Uh, Do we need to be more involved? Do Mm. we need to create regulation which has maybe even a third party which now oversees how this data is managed, uh, how you communicate with people and what is shared or stored, uh, particularly particularly online? Given how this this sort of lack of awareness or this professed lack of awareness by Facebook of what was actually happening and how their users' data was being taken by Cambridge Analytica and used to help political campaigns around the world... is that you know i suppose there's also that the possibility that in fact facebook you know had some skin in the game or at least politically favored the kind of work that cambridge analytica was doing you know maybe they were fans maybe mark zuckerberg was a fan of of donald trump and wanted to see him in the white house and hence allowed his platform to be misused in this way who knows but this is i guess the sort of thing that lawmakers in the u.s will be looking at and it's not just in the u.s that this is happening because of the work involved and potentially illegal work on the brexit campaign because britain has very um, strong privacy regulations like australia does and i think us may be not quite so strong their information commissioner announced last saturday that she's looking into whether facebook data was illegally acquired and used Mm -hmm. so if they're facing an investigation in the uk as far as brexit's concerned they're facing an investigation by lawmakers in the us about to do with this business of how did you allow this data of your users of millions of your users Mm -hmm. users forget whether it actually was effective in getting trump over the line and whether and and look this is a suspicion strong suspicion is that it was quite effective yeah, but assuming that it had no influence whatsoever, yeah yeah it's, but, it, but it's, it's, still... it's still a misuse of people's data yes. at the very least facebook's responded by um as i said suspending Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. yep but only suspending yeah yep so they've they've suspended strategic communication laboratories which is the parent company of cambridge analytica as well as the accounts of the university of cambridge psychologist alexander kogan and christopher wiley of unoya technologies what was interesting is that The other thing that's breached rules is that 
the US has quite tight regulations, as does England and as probably does Australia as well. But countries don't want people working for election campaigns unless they're nationals of the country. Mm-hmm. So you're not supposed to have been working tightly with the, the Trump election campaign unless you're a US citizen yes. with a green card, whatever. Cambridge Analytica staff were either Canadian or European mm-hmm. or English. Mm-hmm. In fact, the name Cambridge comes because the, one of the key people behind this researcher, Kogan, was originally from Cambridge. So a lot of this work, this sort of psychological work, had been done at Cambridge and it was seen as useful. What they needed was data and, and the data they got from Facebook. In fact, uh, you know, apparently, it, literally, Facebook was the saving grace that allowed the campaign and the, the analysis that Cambridge Analytica were trying to do at the behest of Robert Mercer, mm-hmm. the, you, the American billionaire, hedge fund billionaire the work only became successful only became effective once they tapped the the huge treasure trove of data that facebook had which was by the look of things it wasn't hacked but it was it was very inadequately protected by facebook at this stage that's the way it looks the history of it is quite interesting basically this this use of political data to influence election outcomes is a a very lucrative area because the amount of money that's spent on election campaigns, particularly somewhere like America, where it's billions of dollars, mm-hmm. and it could be argued that the real you know key to, to electoral success in the U.S. is money rather than than experience in politics or in, in you know having good communication skills or the worst of it. I mean, best policies. Trump, for exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, Trump had no experience in politics at all, but had experience in business, and he had plenty of money and yes. those are the kind of things that may have helped him over the line. Cambridge Analytica before it got involved in Brexit and the U.S. campaign experimented abroad including in the Caribbean and Africa where privacy rules were lax or non-existent and politicians employing SCL which is the parent company of Cambridge Analytica were happy to provide government held data and then basically what happened was some of the the staff who'd been on board with Cambridge Analytica left because they got disillusioned with the right-leaning direction of what their work Mm -hmm. was being used for which Mm -hmm. was to elect right-wing candidates Mm -hmm. a right-wing agenda so a lot of them left but they were replaced, and by that stage, I think a lot of the groundwork had already been done. They originally got involved with Senator Ted Cruz, and then he got knocked out by Trump, and then they switched their, their emphasis to supporting Trump. Again, it's this whole ability to target based on a tight set of, of sort of personality traits. Traditional analytics firms use voting records and consumer purchase histories to try to predict political beliefs and voting behaviour. So that's in the past. That was what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what companies all around the world, and, and, and it was well-documented, well-known, nothing that unusual about that. But those kinds of records were useless for figuring out whether a particular voter was, say, a neurotic introvert, a religious extrovert, a fair-minded liberal, or a fan of the occult. Those were among the psychological traits the firm claimed, this is Cambridge Analytica, claimed would provide a uniquely powerful means of designing political messages. Work at Cambridge University's Psychometrics Centre had already developed a technique to map personality traits based on what people had liked on Facebook. So it was the kind of offshoot mm-hmm. of that research, which was not, which was just being done as a psychological study. It wasn't there to influence election outcomes. But it was utilized essentially. But then, yeah. but then but then when people became aware of it, that's what it started to be used for. The psychometric center declined to work with Cambridge Analytica after a period of time when they realized what was going on. They then found someone who would, Dr. Kogan, who was then a psychology professor at the university and knew of the techniques. He basically started working for Cambridge Analytica and in June 2014 began harvesting data for the company. 
This Dr. Kogan declined to provide details of what, what happened, citing non-disclosure agreements with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, though he maintained that his program was a very standard vanilla Facebook app. Now, the app in question was called This Is Your Digital Life. And it offered a personality prediction and built itself on Facebook as a research app used by psychologists. So very innocuous, didn't mention the fact that it was being funded by a big Mm -hmm. right-wing Trump backer in the form of Robert Mercer. Facebook members gave their consent for Kogan to access information such as the city they set on their profile, the content they had liked, as well as some limited information about friend groups and contacts. Krogan then broke Facebook's policies and passed the information to Cambridge Analytica and to Wiley. Facebook learned about Kogan's activities in 2015, which is quite a while ago. Mm. The company removed Kogan's app at the time and demanded certifications from Kogan and Cambridge that the information that had been shared had been destroyed. Cambridge Analytica, Kogan and Wiley all certified to Facebook that this had been done, but Facebook said it received reports several days ago that the data was not deleted. So this is the this is yeah. probably the reason why Facebook's in trouble with this. The people that get involved in this, like Steve Bannon, who is the um, campaign director of Donald Trump and a big supporter of his, the editor of I think the Breitbart online oh, news, yes. newspaper, yeah. he joined the board of Cambridge Analytica uh, and also became an investor in Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, right. So okay. kind of interesting how the whole thing becomes intertwined. So Cambridge performed a variety of services to the Trump campaign in 2016 that ultimately wound up getting him elected. These included designing target audiences for digital ads and fundraising appeals, modelling voter turnout, buying $5 million in television ads and determining where Mr. Trump should travel to best drum up support. So some pretty key advice that was being provided through this use of psychographic modelling. The question needs to be asked then, is, is that not just smart politics? Because, look, there's obviously there's, there's concerns about privacy and security of that people's data information. But if it was in a broad sense about, you know, where someone needs to go in order to campaign, uh, that to me just sounds like uh, regular politicking. You know, go kiss some babies in a shopping centre uh, to draw up support from the locals. So, uh, on the one hand, you know, you can see had this Cambridge Analytica had some kind of ethics behind it or had maybe some government, uh, well, maybe it was an independent agency overseeing the ethics involved in it, potentially it could have been used for good. However, it's clearly there was a political agenda involved. They spent a lot of money to, to change the minds of people that were on the fence. It unfortunately now appears that this information has been compromised as well in that it's now been hacked or available for, for others and to use in other ways as well. So... On the one hand, I can see that there are some advantages because there's lots of data being collected by these businesses. And then what what do you do with that data? Is it just deleted? Or do you use it to a commercial or a political advantage provided, and from my point of view, provided there is still ethics involved uh, in, in what you're doing there? Hmm. Every US election, I remember when Barack Obama was elected in 2008, I think I think he was credited with using a, um, social media very effectively yep. with using Facebook and Twitter, being in touch with people and particularly younger people by those means, and became president. So no one's denying that sort of the use of technology is a powerful tool in getting elected, wherever you happen to be. But t- particularly in a country like America, where people have you know a lot of a lot of smartphone penetration, a lot of use of the internet. So you can't in a way blame 
the Trump campaign from, or even the people behind Brexit from taking advantage of this technology mm. to make a, have a successful campaign. And maybe they did so in a better way than their op- opponents did. There's no denying that and you can't use that as a criticism. But I guess what it really comes down to is, is, is did they get data either in a, an unscrupulous or potentially illegal way that breached people, people's privacy? And, and what are the lessons for the future? I mean, what's going to stop this from happening, you know, similar things happening in, in the next big election that's held in America yeah. or in the midterm elections? I mean, there's already been suggestions about Facebook being misused by the Russians to spread fake news mm-hmm. and, and send targeted advertising, advertising yeah. to people who are swinging voters, sitting on the fence, that sort of yeah. thing, in states where it mattered. They actually hacked into the Democrat and the Republican campaign computer systems. Mm-hmm. So they had information about voter registrations, that sort of stuff, which yeah. was obviously useful to them. Who knows whether they benefited also in, in providing, in targeting their ads very cleverly and effectively yeah. from a company like Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. I'm not saying that that was actually Cambridge Analytica, but there are other companies that do the same sort yeah. of thing. The Russians may have pioneered their own method, methods of doing this sort of thing. So it's just highlighting how... It's highlighting a few things. It's highlighting privacy issues for users of Facebook. It's highlighting how elections, you know, in this day and age with modern technology, elections can be compromised even in so-called democracies. Yes, and I completely agree with that. Uh, that. That is a very valid point. On the one hand, yes, it's politic, but the other issue is the security and the privacy concerns, which is a major factor, particularly in today's day and age. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.